this is black guy, white guy talking. I'm a black guy. I'm Elwin. I'm a white guy. I'm Zach. And we became friends by talking, talking about race and race relations. This episode was recorded on August 13th, 2020. Tonight, we're going to be talking about toxic masculinity. I pulled an article because I want to get someone's definition of what toxic masculinity is. And this just so happens to be by Colleen Clemens. And this article is from this definition she pulled from the Good Men Project. And it defines it this way. Toxic masculinity is a narrow and repressive description of manhood, designating manhood as defined by violence, sex, status, and aggression. It's the cultural ideal of manliness, where strength is everything, while emotions are a weakness, where sex and brutality are yardsticks by which men are measured, while supposedly feminine traits, which can range from emotional vulnerability to simply not being hypersexual, are the means by which your status as man can be taken away. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a loaded definition and it's, I think it's a loaded topic for me, at least. I think that there's so many different ways. I'm sure a lot of different people interpret it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, you know, when we talk about toxic masculinity, we, we need to talk about masculinity and there's no doubt that the way I understand masculinity, my own and that of others is through the lens of a history of violence carried out by men against women. I have a family member who was hurt in an unforgivable way by a man. So violence against women is an issue that's close to my heart. Statistics show that one out of every six American women have been raped. And let's be clear, while toxic masculinity can be much more subtle, things like a quick temper, jealousy, men showing interest only in themselves and not in others, it also includes misogyny and violence against women. There's a lot of historical context there because, you know, masculinity is one thing. But then when you say toxic masculinity, to me, it just seems like enough already. Mm-hmm. Right. So when anything is toxic, it's like too much. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I mean? Like it's too much of it. Right. It's like we get it. You know what I'm saying? That's how I initially receive toxic masculinity. I initially receive it that way. And, you know, in a society, I can understand it. Mm-hmm. And it can go a lot of different ways. You know, I definitely can understand how to a lot of different people, I guess, mainly women, it would be, wow, you know, it's too much man going Mm -hmm. on. You know what I mean? Right. This is a lot. Mm -hmm. And then when you take it from there and then you break it down and I start to look at it like, well, damn, who does it apply to? Mm. Which man does it apply to? Like, right? Right. Well, I mean, it it applies to specific behavior, right? It doesn't, I don't think it necessarily applies to every behavior by every man, certainly, or every behavior by a particular man. It just applies to certain behavior. I mean, and I think it comes from, you know, the notion 
a lot of the stereotypes, a lot of the things that are taught to us in boyhood and manhood about what it means to be a man. For instance, the notion that we men must prove ourselves in order to be sufficiently masculine. We got to always having to prove yourself. I liked what Henry Giardina wrote in BuzzFeed, that as a man, you're just supposed to keep on tearing through the world, hurting people and ignoring your emotions until the day you die. But I mean, there's certain stereotypes which are stereotypes because of a reason. There's cultural expectations around not showing fear and not showing emotions other than anger and that showing vulnerability or sadness or pain is unmanly, a weakness. weakness. Mm -hmm. It's perceived as a weakness. Right. 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 It's interpreted as a weakness. Right. And it can be interpreted. Right. And it can be interpreted by other men as a weakness and then taken advantage of and used as leverage to bully or dominate. Dominate. Yep. And that's another thing we're taught as boys and men that we need to learn how to dominate. Mm -hmm. What we're taught as boys. Mm -hmm. Right. To me, that's the difference because- Then you got how you were taught, who you were taught from, Mm -hmm. right? And if you were actually taught to be a man, right? Mm -hmm. Then it comes, what is the definition of that? So if somebody's teaching you how to be a man, Mm -hmm. how are they defining what manhood is and when they're sculpting you, Mm -hmm. right? And if it is even a man that's actually teaching you how to be a man. Right, because there are all kinds of households and all kinds of relationships. And I think actually, you know, it's important to recognize that queer and trans men recreate their own masculinity in ways that disrupt stereotypes. Mm. You know, we happen to both be straight men, one white man, one black man. Mm -hmm. But that's not the only way that men are And it's not the only way that masculinity is enacted in our world. That's very true. And also, too, and for what my example of how and who boys are raised by, Mm -hmm. you know, could be a single straight mother's household. Right. Mm -hmm. When the guy isn't there. Right. Right. And who's there to raise that boy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like who's there to give him what manhood is right if he's learning about it in the streets or he's spending most of his time at home you know who's giving him that idea of what manhood is Mm -hmm. so all of these things then take on their own path right right? and who we're being raised by whether it be a straight man a queer man or straight woman a queer woman it, it doesn't matter at the end of the day do we all get thrown in the same boat Mm-hmm. You know, does it wind up being? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's more complex than that. Okay. Right? Like we just we're multiple. We're not. But I mean, I'm sure, you know, that there are times when women and probably some men get repulsed or sickened or turned off by male behavior when there's too much mansplaining or mm-hmm. certainly when there's violent behavior, mm-hmm. um, when there's the kind of behavior that isn't open and receptive and vulnerable and willing to engage, but just the kind of behavior where someone might just want to dominate and take over and decide how everything should be done and not really involve the family or the partner. To me, I also, we can tie it into Mm -hmm. a lot of different things. You know, say you got a guy walking down the street Mm -hmm. and, you know, he witnesses a crime. Mm -hmm. He witnesses I don't know, a woman being accosted. Right. Right. He approaches, he sees this situation as opposed to walking by the situation. Mm -hmm. 
he decides to interject. He decides to do something about it. Right. And in the process of him doing something about it, he takes it upon himself to apply some pressure and he may he neutralizes the situation and he takes care of the guy. He let's say he beats him up. Mm-hmm. Right. What is that called? I don't know about right. maybe not toxic max masculinity, uh-huh. but what do you call it when a man is asserting his dominance? Right. In a way that to is protect not, a woman from right. another aggressive, violent right. man. Or he's been right. like because he can do that. Right. Right. You know, like because he is you know he physically dominant. He's physically dominant. So mm-hmm. how do we separate that? Right. How do we take what is because on the other side, mm-hmm. that guy was being that was accosting her, right? Mm-hmm. He was being dominant, but yeah. in a negative way. Right. But it's still, if we're talking about the dominance of it, we're mm-hmm. talking about when a guy shows up and he saves the day. Right. Right. What is that called? Right. What do you call when a man does something that mm-hmm. he feels like he has to do and he needs right. to do and he feels like that's what he needs to do to protect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's an easy label to put on that. Um, I'm not sure what you do call that. I feel like, I feel Her- like heroism. Heroism. Is that, yeah. Is I that tied into you could. toxic? Because if I mean, a guy is being a, a hero, that could be toxic too, right? Yeah. I mean, certainly I think heroes can be perceived as toxic certainly you know at times the the behavior of heroes and their heroism yeah it could be perceived as toxic it's true i mean i feel like part of this part of what's important to point out is that you know this conversation about masculinity and toxic masculinity is something that we're having within what's still a patriarchy even though of course women have made incredible gains but it's only been exactly one century since the 19th amendment was ratified in 1920 after that happened women started running for office that didn't stop black women and men for that matter from being turned away from the polls and having their votes suppressed and denied but the point is that today's american masculinity masculinity and toxic masculinity should be understood in the context of our country that is less than 250 years old. Women, mostly straight white women, only gained political power 100 years ago. Mm. I mean, that's incredible to think, but it's true. No, it I is. mean, I mean, from the late 1830s to 1920, states had begun to grant women suffrage, but, you know, it didn't happen on the federal level until just a century ago. Obviously, we live in a male-dominated society, right? We we live in a society historically, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, men have historically governed the land and made the decisions and they've excluded a lot of people, right? right? Mainly white males in this country specifically. You know, it's complex because how much of it do you tolerate or is it men being tolerated, right? Or that behavior being tolerated? Like how much of it is that And how much of it do you tie into, all right, where is the equality? Mm -hmm. How how is it that a situation amongst people can be equal Mm -hmm. without, I don't know, I guess a man asserting his dominance? dominance. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like how much of it, I think that's where this term comes up. I think it's all, it's about dominance. It's about, you know, like I'm asserting myself. Right. And that's it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like when the testosterone kicks in, Mm -hmm. it's go, go, go. Right. And, you know, I'm 
Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think part of the way that change happens is through cultural and political movements like, you know, the Me Too movement that, you know, might not be the most comfortable thing for men. Right. But, you know, it certainly creates change. Absolutely. Um, and changes dynamics in, you know, workplaces, schools, households, you would like to think. So, and you're right because, and that's another thing, you know, Me Too mo- movement is based on women actually feeling like they can now make it that they can come forward mm. with addressing male dominance, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what this is. Right. It's not about, you know, and I'm sure to them it's the physical aspect, but it's the nature of it. Mm-hmm. The nature of it is the male dominance. It's right. like this guy is asserting himself mm-hmm. and in any way it could be, it doesn't even have to be physical, it'd be any way that the woman deems inappropriate mm-hmm. or violation mm-hmm. that, but that's the dominance that she's confronted with. Right. But that to me, that is what the, mm-hmm. the toxic, yeah. the toxicity of it right. is. It comes from what in males have mm-hmm. been, you know, we cultivate that dominance. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we cultivate it and we have to measure yeah. it. We can't like just, we measure it. We measure it and because it has to be in many situations, it has to be applied in certain situations and in certain situations, mm-hmm. it should never be applied, mm-hmm. right? So in a situation with a woman where you making a woman feel uncomfortable or making her feel like she's like, oh no, that's where it should never be applied. But then in a situation where you are asserting your dominance to protect, mm-hmm. right? Or to take care of, right? Right. It's necessary. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? We're talking the root word of it, the dominance of it, because you have to show up. Right. In many situations, males have to show up. Right. In war, men have to show up. Yeah. Historically. Mm -hmm. I mean, women show up too. Right. But historically, you know, this nation has been fought, the the ground Mm -hmm. has been fought over by men. Right. And, you know, that's that's where this idea of- dominance Mm -hmm. comes from which then translates into this toxic masculinity because it's like it's so pervasive yes it's so much of it because it has an origin right and that origin it's debatable Mm -hmm. what's the is it necessary right i mean or not right and part of the origin i think that you're talking about you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think part of the origin is the wanting to actually protect women and protect children exactly and protect the other human beings absolutely who you love you know i remember put them on the front line right 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 you don't put when you're Mm -hmm. when you're going at it Mm -hmm. war and everything right they're protected right women and the children are protected Right. I mean, it's just a little story, but I remember when I was living in South Africa, I went up into Zimbabwe uh, with my cousins. We took a road trip and my my mom and my stepfather uh, came over to visit and we all camped um, along the Zambezi River and we had like a barbecue and we had a bunch of tents and I had my own tent and we got done with the meal and shined the flashlight and there were hyenas that had Mm. circled around where we were camped and uh, we could see the hyenas and could hear a lion roar in the distance and a a zebra ran through the campsite and uh, it was just very clear that like here we were in the wilderness you know and in the tent next to me you know my stepdad was snoring and my mom was like trying to go to sleep 
and I got this giant stick and I was like, look, mom, if you have to get up in the middle of the night and pee, let me know because I'm going to come out here and protect you. And it's that feeling of like wanting to protect mm-hmm. that I think is part of what you were talking about Absolutely. in terms of like, where does all this aggressive dominant behavior come from? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe originally it comes from a place where we want to protect the people that we love around us, but it's outlived its use. So now we're mm-hmm. at a point where right. we still have all that genetic makeup for right. aggression and violence and we have all that capacity but it's not as useful perhaps as it once was at least in terms of a uh, when we're not in a war zone you know right. when we're in civil society we're with our families and i really like the way you know thinking about the way jackson katz in his ted talk did some reframing around thinking about it's not just women who are victims yep. it's also boys and men who you know it's usually men who attack or injure or physically hurt you know boys and men when they are hurt um, but you usually speak of the women in, right in the in, first mm-hmm. you speak you do of, right you, you you mention right they're hurt you mention all of right. that first you don't speak of right the men and their role in mm-hmm. the hurting right you understand what i'm right. saying right i mean and, and it's also as he pointed out it's a way of how we frame it and how we use language around mm-hmm. it and uh how do we talk about it and how do we have these conversations and, and one point that i really liked that he made was about the work that he does in terms of trying to create good environments in these you know in professional sports and film and all the projects that he's involved in it's not so much sensitivity training it's leadership training in terms right. of talking about helping men become better leaders right leaders of their families mm-hmm. and, uh, and leaders that are going to stand up against the mm-hmm. bullshit when other men yes are right. You know, they can call out the shit with other men. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to being a part of it. Mm-hmm. call it out right. right as opposed to letting you know oh you know but the bullshit you know right. talk about you know i did this with this one and i right. did you know what i mean right like, when you get into that kind of talk mm-hmm. you know what i mean you get into that kind of aggressive mm-hmm. mode of you know a lot of men do right you know what i mean like you know when you get into that mode of being mm-hmm. it's up to men to regulate that mm-hmm. it's up to other men to regulate that right Right. And I mean, I think there are a lot of men out there. I know there are a lot of men out there who don't like the idea or the term toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. They don't own it. They don't acknowledge it's a thing. There's an argument against toxic masculinity as saying that it's something that's thrown at men to tear down their manhood. I mean, I think, I don't know if you'd want to call that a conservative argument. It's certainly an argument that's made probably across political lines. I just think it's not so threatening to talk about toxic masculinity. I don't think it challenges my own. It's just a way of understanding some of the unacceptable male behavior that happens in both small, nuanced ways and in, you know, very scary life-ending ways on a daily basis around the country especially when it goes unaddressed when so much shit happens and it goes unaddressed mm-hmm. and it becomes a part of a system right then it's like this is the process mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it becomes actually more dark because it's like when it happens it's like okay and it happens again and, and if it's allowed to keep going it's mm-hmm. just like that's when it becomes this underground dark especially right. when it comes well, to, i mean i want to just yeah you know in terms of dark i mean i think we could e- equally say like bleak 
I just think the language around that gives it, even without intending, like some kind of racial no, dynamic. It, you know, it, absolutely, like, and we talked about that before mm-hmm. too. It's messed up because that showed you how impressionable, mm-hmm. you know, words are, right? right? And for me, it's like, man, I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. It just shows you like what you associate the word with. Right. Right. You associate it with something negative. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely right. Like, and I appreciate you actually, you know, bringing that up. Yeah. And, you know, not even the correction, just making it like, you know, known. Right. And just being connected. Right. To it. So, yeah, that's right. That's, and uh, I, and that's, I think, you know, masculinity is something we can talk about. Toxic masculinity without it being necessarily threatening to us as men personally but just as something that's pervasive. Yeah. I feel like even with Me Too movement, it's definitely the creep show shit got to be called out. Like it's too many, just from the stuff that I hear, it's like, man, some of the guys are just like, if you're not outwardly like denying or just like saying that, no, I didn't do that shit, then it's like, you did that shit. You did what she said you did. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like, to me, it's like, if you're not, if you're not like, a person that's just like, yo, like if I got accused of something and I know I didn't do it, I'm not having no PR. Nobody's speaking for me. I'm like, no, I didn't fucking do it. I don't care. I'm yelling to the, the hills. I didn't do it. But if you just like playing the background, I'm like, I see a lot of these guys. I'm like, yo, man, like, you know, you got to you got to go under the jail. Right. You know what I mean? You got to get thrown under the jail for that shit. And that's the stuff that we as men mm-hmm. have to call out. Yeah. Right. Like men have to call that. Got to right. call bullshit on that. Yeah. No, I hear you. And I, and also just one one thing, you know, it's just that I, I feel you. And at the same time, like, I really like this thing that this guy Phil Sayers wrote in The Walrus. It's all too easy to fall back on the empty rhetoric of feminism. Mm. You know, it's one thing to be an ally in words. And it's another thing to be an ally in actions. In practice. Yeah. yeah. And Gia Tolentino wrote. Our world makes communication about morality very easy, but makes actual moral living very hard. Mm. And I just think about that, you know, in the context of toxic behavior, toxic masculinity, we all make mistakes, but there's a certain point when there's a saturation point in the culture, in the society, there's a need for transformation. We got to help each other Mm -hmm. in all ways and not just for the sake of, you know, oh, you know, man, you might not want to do that. It's right. just like, listen, bro, we need to create a space where it doesn't have to be like, oh, you know, you got to show up. It has to be about all the bullshit, all the shit that most men talk about all the time. Right. Right. Like men talk about when they're around each other. You know, we talk about women. We talk about sports. We talk about all the manly things. You know what I mean? And sometimes we, you know, we take it too far. Right. And sometimes, you know, it's casual conversation. But at the end of the day, we have to pay attention. We got to mm-hmm. be in tune with how far it's actually going. Right. We have to monitor that amongst ourselves. We can't let this shit go way far because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you don't know who you sitting next to. Right. You don't know all the time. Mm-hmm. You may think that you rubbing shoulders with some cool man's man guy, but he could be going back, you know, doing some messed up shit. Right. So we got to be accountable to ourselves and to one another. We got to. We got to be able to take accountability. That's the manly part of being a man, being accountable. Yeah. To me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like being accountable for your shit. Right. That's masculinity. 
to me, mm. like being accountable. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the first thing. Like that's that's what, you know, being and teaching that, like yeah. pushing that. Right. You know what I mean? And walking in that. You understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because it's freeing too. Mm-hmm. You no, know, being accountable for for whatever. Like like even if you did do something that's like out of line or you did do something like you made a mistake. Right. Be accountable for it. Own it. You understand what I'm saying? Like own that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you did what you did. Mm-hmm. Nobody can reverse the time of that. Right. But you gotta own it. Right. And it's up to us to help each other be accountable. I hear that. Tune in next week for part two of our conversation on toxic masculinity. As a disclaimer, Zach and I don't pretend to speak for all white or all black people.